Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sylvia Epp, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from San Francisco Bay. Today is Wednesday, February 14th, 2018, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book on page 26. We are on the second paragraph, which starts with, so he returned to this doctor. We're going to read through three paragraphs, ending with, a certain simple attitude. Today's readers are Libby E. on the 12 Steps, Gabby R. on the 12 Traditions, and the text will be Christine M. and Karen R. And our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. The share ID for Tuesday, February 13th, 10 a.m. meeting is 11,041, 11,041. And the share ID for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting, Wednesday, February 14th, is 11045, 11,045, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery to the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Libby E. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Thank you, Sylvia. Good morning. I'm Libby E. I'm a compulsive eater in New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Libby E. I will now ask Gabby R. to read the 12 Traditions. 
Good morning, this is Gabby R. Recovering California. Thank you for allowing me to do service. It's all tradition. First, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one unlimited authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in a group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Fourth, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group are never endorsed, financed, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such are never to be organized, but we might create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relationship policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always to maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you. I Thank, you. Thank you, Gabby R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except for the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 26, it's the second paragraph. So he returned to this doctor. We're gonna read through three paragraphs ending with the line, a certain simple attitude. And I'm going to ask Christine M to begin our reading. Hello, everyone. Good morning. This is Christine. Um, I'm gratefully recovered compulsive reader from Missouri. So he returned to the doctor whom he admired and asked him point blank why he could not recover. He wished above all things to regain self-control. He seemed quite rational and well-balanced with respect to other problems, yet he had no control whatever over alcohol. Why was this? He begged the doctor to tell him the whole truth, and he got it. In the doctor's judgment, he was utterly hopeless. He could never again, he could never regain his position in society and he would have to place himself under lock and key or hire a bodyguard if he expected to live long. That was a great physician's opinion. 
but this man still lives and is a free man. He does not need a bodyguard, nor is he confined. He can go anywhere on this earth where other free men go without disaster, provided he remains willing to maintain a certain simple attitude. And so, um, you know, Dr. Young is pretty much telling telling Roland, Roland that, um, yeah, you're you're pretty much hopeless, buddy. You know, um, and I remember um, feeling like that too. You know, and thinking that um, for me, I was I thought that it was about avoidance. You know, if I could just um, avoid, um, you know, uh, food. You know. Uh, try to shield myself from temptation and, um, you know, not drive by any fast food restaurants or, you know, things like that. I was always trying to, thinking that if I change the externals, that somehow um, that it would make me better. And it talks about how he wished above all things to regain self-control. And, and you know, um, the big book talks about not being able to stop no matter how great the necessity or the wish. And, and I know for me that wasn't enough for me to stop. I can't wish or will myself into getting recovered. And, you know, um, because the work are the steps, the 12 steps, and um, getting a relationship with a power greater than myself, I am a free woman. And, and um, I don't need to be confined, and I don't need to avoid or um, shield myself because that never worked anyway. And I can go anywhere, you know, that... Um, Anybody else goes as long as I'm spiritually fit, you know. Um, I have to be diligent with 10, 11, and 12 and stay spiritually connected um, in order to be able to do that. And um, this this program has given me, you know, the freedom to, to actually participate in life and not just, um, not just exist. Um, I'm able to go places um, and be of service. And, you know, um, I'm not constantly thinking about the food or how I can get more food or have, being resentful because other people can eat something that I can't eat. Um, I'm just pretty much neutral around the food, and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful to be recovered today, and that's all I have. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Christine M. Okay, I'm going to take a list of whoever wants to share on these three paragraphs. Who do I have? This is Jen A. Jen A. Ashley P. Ashley P. Marian Rivka H. Marian Rivka. Marian Rivka H. And uh, Liat TV. I'm a little slow on the gun here. Anyone else? Chevy K. Uh, is that Chevy Shirley? Chevy C H E V Y K. Okay, Chevy K. Anyone else? Nice quiet meeting. Okay. We've got Jen Deborah A. J. Ashley. Okay, there's Deborah who? J. Deborah J. Okay, I got you. Jen A, Ashley P, Miriam Rifka H, Liat T D, Chevy K, and Deborah J. Jen A, followed by Ashley P. Go ahead. Good morning. Thanks, Sylvia, for your service. Thanks, everybody on the line. Um, my name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic from the state of Colorado. 
Um, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Um, today I'm just reminded that in the past, holidays like this bothered me, right? The hype and most of all the chocolate. Okay, but let's be honest. I didn't need a special day to binge on chocolate. I don't think anybody does in this program. Every day was a chocolate day. And um, so when I came to this program, I couldn't even walk down those holiday aisles, right? I had no control. That's what it talks about. This stuff would, no joke, it would jump into my cart. I don't know how. Um, but today, I am free to walk those aisles. I'm free to look. I'm free to buy things for other people, especially my kids. So thank you, God. And um, how did this happen? Well, uh, because of this program. Amazingly, I started working um, the steps as um, they were outlined, no shortcuts, no skipping chapters. Um, and I began to see that the food was only a symptom of a bigger problem in my life, right? So um, what I suffered from was a hole that was deep down in my soul, and no food was going to fix this. It was so big that I couldn't even eat enough to fill it up. Um, but what we're learning about is this spiritual experience. And this, this spiritual experience, this is what occurred as a result of me working these steps. I couldn't fix that hole. Um, and you know what? Each day I continue to experience um, the spiritual progress, not perfection, just the progress of it. Um, God came into my heart, and he continues to do for me what I can't do for myself. Um, and this program has shown me that I have a guide, I have a protector, and that's my higher power. He guards my heart, and he leads me on this journey. And so I'm filled with gratitude, and with that I pass. Thank you, Jen A. Now we have Ashley P. followed by Miriam Riska H. Ashley? Hi, this is Ashley P. recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Uh, great. Good morning and happy Valentine's Day. And yeah, thank you to everybody for your service. Um, and welcome to the newcomers um, and for anybody that may also just feel new today. Um, so the these two paragraphs um, are interesting to me because the first one is so doom and gloom, um, and then luckily it's it's followed um, with the second one that has a lot of hope in it. Um, so the the first paragraph to me feels like the um, the ships when they when they crash against the rocks. Um, and it that paragraph always makes me think about um, when I left the rooms um, before coming back in. Um, I suppose that would be around three and a half years ago, um, because that is how I felt: utterly hopeless. Um, and uh, that's the way that others looked at me. Um, and uh, I thought that I would consistently have to be um, at times locked up for the rest of my life due to anxiety and really, really, really frequent suicidal ideation where I just could not um, promise that I could remain safe. And when I um, am reading about the uh, place himself under lock and key or hire a bodyguard. Um, that just makes me think of this, frankly, this tour of, of treatment facilities that I did where 
after, you know, a period of time, um, I just, I felt like I, I couldn't be alone anymore, that it wasn't safe for me to be alone anymore. And, and that I basically needed, um, to be watched all the time. Um, and so, as I said, luckily it's followed with this sense the second paragraph, which, um, just gives me such hope. And when I read it, it made me think of the, the promises, um, and so the line, go where other free men go without um, disaster. Um, today, that's making me think of the fact that I can experience life, um, experience all the things that happen in life. Um, often those things feeling really difficult and, and feeling like um, disaster um, and that working these steps, working this program has given me the um, ability to experience them without them being disaster. Um, I can live a really, really full life and feel really hard things, things that are difficult to bear um, without the baby going out with the bathwater. Um, and I have, because of my a spiritual solution. Um, so yeah, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Ashley P. Miriam Rifka H, followed by Liat TD. Hi, thank you so much. This is Miriam Rifka H in New Jersey. Grateful, recovered, compulsive eater. And looking at these paragraphs that we read today, I really, I have a lump in my throat. Like, I just want to cry. And there's a lot of, there, there are many places in the big book that I feel this way about. This is such a beautiful book. But this, is so meaningful to me. You know, this really reminds me of myself. You know, I feeling completely hopeless. For me, when I came to these rooms, I didn't, I kind of felt hopeless. I knew that I could never stop eating, and no matter what I try, and no matter what diet I'm on, I'm always, you know, just consistently gaining weight, and I feel horrible, all that I knew. But it was only when I came here, and I saw people recovering around me, and I saw that even if I really wanted to or really had all the knowledge, I still couldn't. <laughs> I still couldn't put down the food. But I started to feel really hopeless. You know, and I, I, I like just, it's just, it, it makes, it, it, I so identify with him. I guess I just so identify with that feeling of like I've tried everything. Everyone kept telling me that OA is the last house on the block. And it seemed like it was never working. It wasn't working. And I, I couldn't understand, like, why is it working for all these other people and not for me? I thought I was doing everything right. I was listening to my meeting. I was going to my meetings. I was listening to my sponsor. I was committing my food. And I just kept picking up again and again. And I love how they say it's so tongue-in-cheek, right? Um, he could never regain his vision in society, and he would have to place himself under lock and key or hire a bodyguard if he expected to live long. And then it says, that was a great physician's opinion. That was like the best they can come up with. That the best I could promise you is if you want to live, if you don't want to just totally drink yourself to death, you're going to have to hire a bodyguard for yourself. Put yourself under lock and key. That was the best they could come up with. And that's where I was too. Like I was just at a brick wall of what happens now. And it's so beautiful how they tell us that this man still lives and he's a free man. He's not under a lock and key. It took for someone to finally come to me and say, like, honey, it's not about the tools. It's not about trying harder. It's not about really committing your food and not eating no matter what. If you follow these directions, 
while you keep the food down 100%, you also will recover. It's a very simple formula. It was surprising to me. It was shocking. I couldn't really believe it, but I had no other choice but to give it a try. So I had to keep that food down no matter what for just while I was going through the steps so that I could experience the spiritual way of living and the spiritual awakening so that I don't have to struggle with the food forever. It's really a gift and it really works. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Miriam Riska. Liat TD followed by Chevy K. Good morning. Liat TD in Northern California. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Uh, love this meeting. I love you guys. You know that. Um, and this is an amazing uh, reading this morning. Um, you know, I love the hiring a bodyguard or being locked up. That's what I always thought, you know. And, I, and here's Ronald Hazard, a very wealthy man, spending a year in Switzerland. That takes a lot of money today. I don't know how much he was then. But money is not an issue. And I always thought, gosh, if I only had money, you know, for a chef, he'll make the food and I'll just eat what he eats. Or some kind of... Uh, you know, physical trainer where he'll work on my body or a therapist. He'll be there around the clock every time that emotion comes up. He'll just, I'll talk to him and he'll calm me down and I will not think about food. You know, if I could just be surrounded by all this support, then I'll be able to live this life free from food addiction. And every time I, I would see Oprah Winfrey go back to, you know, gaining her weight back, I'd be like, in all, how could that be? This woman has all the money in the world. She could have people stone feed her. I don't understand that, you know. And today I understand that, you know, you know, there's really not nothing. It's in my mind, you know. And the price for freedom was surrender to God, you know. Um, in the twelve or twelve, it says only through utter utter deceit defeat, we're able to take our first step toward liberation and strength. Personal powerlessness turned into our current bedrock upon which a happy and purposeful life can be lived, can be built. And so that's, you know, I have to be completely defeated. You know, and the last thing I want to say, I remember, you know, my early days, I was in a, a way that had food plan and everybody before they shared they would have this mantra and they would say I weigh my own food no matter what and abstinence is the most important thing in my life and at the time I was in LA for a while and I was working the steps with my alcoholic recovered husband and I would be I would say to him one day I said is is your sobriety the most important thing in your life or is God the most important thing in your life and because I thought how can you and he said, Liat, my sobriety is God, you know, and until I saw how this whole thing, my abstinence is God. There is no separation. God gave me a gift. He told me, you're allergic to this thing. You have to stay away from it. This is your poison. This is the gift of God. And then the rest, I'll help you stay away from it with the rest of the work. I love you all. This is an amazing program. Okay. Thank you, Liat TD. Chevy K, followed by Deborah J. Hi, this is Chevy K. Can I be heard? Yes. 
Good morning. My name is Chevy Kay. Thank you, everyone, for your service. And thank you, everyone, on the meeting for your daily encouragement and inspiration. Yet he had no control whatever over alcohol. And um, this passage really resonates with me and just rings through in every respect. And um, when I read this passage, I realized that my alcohol is not only food. Food is definitely number one, and it's way up there. But my alcohol can also be my ego, uh, control, dishonesty, self-reliance, anger, selfishness, lack of acceptance, you name it, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't only binge on food, I can also binge on my emotions. And I have to be so careful that my emotions and character defects as I work on myself daily don't take the place of my food because I can take all the change and self-reviews and amplify this until I'm completely drained. I can knock myself out trying to be good. And, you know, for me, the opposite of good is better. And um, I can even binge on recovery. And just yesterday I was telling my sponsor that I'm becoming obsessive over doing step 10s, writing, outreach, connecting with fellows, doing enough, wanting to do the program right to the point where I was neglecting my kids. Um, And what she said to me is just like we weigh and measure our food, we need to weigh and measure how we spend our day and weigh and measure our recovery for ourselves. So um, I just wanted to share that I'm now currently trying to figure out how much time I need to give to my program, be of service, um, be there for my kids, my husband, the community, etc. And I just pray that God show me what's mine to do today and on a daily basis and that I have the flexibility and awareness to figure out what I should be doing so that I can be of service to God's will for me. Anyway, um, just, I'm very thankful for that realization um, because too much or too little of anything for me, I, I fear, could put me back into relapse, into the food again. And um, balance for me is so key and um, uh, it's really a true gift and blessing. Um, and I just want to share a prayer that, that came across um, my phone today. I think it was on a chat group, and I'm not sure where it's from, but it was really beautiful. So I wanted to share it. Um, It goes, higher power, guide me as I walk the narrow way between being selfish and unselfish. I know I must be selfish to concentrate on my own recovery so I do not slip and be of no use to myself or anyone else. Yet I must also be unselfish, reaching out to others, sensitive to their needs, and willing to meet them at any time. With your help, I can do both and keep a balance that will give me a proper perspective in my life. Thank you for allowing me to share. Have a beautiful day, and I pass. Thank you, Chevy Kay. And Deborah J. Good morning. Did you hear me? Yes. Go ahead, Deborah. Okay. I just want to say good morning. Thank you guys for your service today. Um, I like to depart and hear about he can go anywhere on this anywhere on this earth where other from men may go without disaster, provided he remains willing to maintain a certain simple attitude. I can relate to that because um, I had went to a party and I was so afraid at first because at first 
I didn't want to go to the party, but then when I did get to the, the decide to go to the party, um, they had so much food and everything. And I used to go to parties and take food home with me, you know, because I didn't want people to see how much I was eating. But this particular time, I um, was there at the party, and I was nervous. I called my sponsor, and she shared with me that, you know, I have to accept first that, I can't eat all that food. I have to be honest with myself. And then I had to call on something greater than me. And like she said, call on your higher power. She's there for me. But I need something more stronger than just other people around to call on someone than people. And that was my higher power. And so I'm so grateful that, you know, he came into my life and he freed me from that bondage. You know, he depended on people to make me well and make me okay. You know, and I'm so thankful for this that I don't have to have a bodyguard today to be okay. I don't have to, you know, um, I respect people. I love people. Don't get me wrong. But I don't have to think that they are my savior today. And that's what I always thought, that people would come in and save me and make everything okay for me. But that's not true. I can make everything okay for myself. I have to trust in in a power greater than me. And I'm just so thankful that he enabled me to see these things. You know, that's the blessing in itself. And I'm so thankful for you guys teaching me and bringing me closer to a power greater than myself. You people are very amazing. Well, we are amazing people, you know. And um, that's all I have. I pass, you know, and thank you for your service again. Thank you, Deborah J. Okay, um, a reminder that we are sharing on the paragraphs. It's on page 26, the second paragraph. So we return to this doctor. We read three paragraphs ending with a simple attitude. Who would like to share on these three paragraphs? Rose M. Rose M. M. Randy M. Suji. Suji. Karen R. Karen R. Anyone else? It's so amazing to me. Come on. Get your KDF. KDF. I probably could take one more. Okay, well, we'll go with this. Rose okay, M. Wendy. Stacy T. <laughs> okay. I, who was that Sherry? Uh, I have Stacy G. Was that Sherry before that? Yes. Okay. We'll but, see who we get to. But you know what? Go ahead and take Stacy. That's fine. Thanks. Okay. Rose M. Wendy M. Sue G. Karen R. Katie F. Sherry K. B. Stacy G. We'll see how it goes. Rose M. Go ahead. Hi. Um, this is Rose M. Um, from the Philadelphia area. Um, so these um, these paragraphs really remind me of. Um, you know what what I've been through too, and um you know in trying to get help from um uh, different doctors, I remember um you know the endocrinologist who I still see is an excellent doctor. I had a primary care physician who was a great doctor, and um I remember asking them, you know how do I stop you know i can't I can't stop eating can you help me are there are there any is there anything you can do is there any medication is there, what can I do? And um, I remember my primary care doctor looking at me and saying, I, I know that this is a problem for a lot of people, and um, I, I don't know what to do to help you. There's really nothing out there. Um, 
and uh, and she's very intelligent. Um, you know, and uh, even with my um, my current you know endocrinologist, he's he's a great doctor. He's helped me a lot. And, you know, he said, well, this is heavily related to your genetics. Um, you know, don't don't blame yourself. And, and of course, he's right. And you know, I shouldn't blame myself. But um, but you know, and he said, well, it's not a behavioral problem. And and you know, again, he was also partially right. Um, but I think the thing is um, that. Uh, you know, the sad fact is that, that out there in the world, especially in the medical community, um, from their perspective, there is no solution. They, they, don't, they don't know about this. They don't know that there is a solution. Um, and, uh, and that's what I thought for the longest time until I found all of you, um, until, I, until I heard that there is a solution. Um, and, and I'm so thankful for it. Um, and, and I'm thankful that that you know that I'm that I'm free. Um, I, I remember you know having a conversation with my one you know my endocrinologist who's helped me, and he said, "Well, you know, now that you're you're eating um, food that's right for you, you cook it for your whole family, right? You let them all eat what you eat, right?" And I said, "No, I I can't really. I mean, I don't I don't see them junk food all day, but." You know, I make my food and I make food for them. I don't always, I don't eat the pasta. I don't eat all the things that they eat. But I eat, I eat you know, my abstinent food. Um, and, uh, and I don't have a problem with that. I, I can be around their food and I'm fine and I'm, and I'm not affected. Um, and, you know, the other thing that I just wanted to speak to really quickly um, that uh, Chevy had mentioned, and for some reason when I was reading these paragraphs made me think of this, um, you know, uh, that, that there have been times when program has become something that's made me feel like, you know, one more thing that, that's where I don't measure up. But you don't have to feel that way. You know, I know we have a lot of pressures on us, you know, women and men, and um, really, this is about a relationship with God. And, you know, in terms of our relationship with God, we, time. we are more than enough. We, we are we're more than enough, and God wants a relationship with us. Um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Roseanne. And Wendy, M, and Suji, since we have so many people on the line, I am timing. So go ahead, Wendy. Yes, yes. Good morning. It's Wendy M, uh, recovered currently in Los Angeles. Uh, turns out there's God here too, um, and they're orig- sort of originally from Boulder. Sylvia, thank you so much for your service, and everybody else on the line. It's so great to be on the line with everyone. So I want to just focus in on the word free, and um, and I want to talk about Valentine's Day. So Valentine's Day was a day where I kept score, and I found evidence that you guys weren't attending to me, right? Like. Who's called me already? Who, who's written me a note? Who's texted me? Me, 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 right? Because I needed something from others all the time. And that kept me very unfree. I mean, it's one thing to say that I have freedom around the food, and I do. I can be at any occasion. I can be, I can be free anytime with the food. But freedom from needing others to take care of me is huge. It's a huge freedom, you know, and I have to tell you that today I don't need to check my texts or my emails or my calls 
to see if you guys called me. I mean, it's great, isn't it, how unfree I was. That kept me in the bondage of self like nothing else. You know, and I have to say, too, so today's Valentine's Day, and two days, three days my anniversary, and a couple more days my birthday. And you know what? This was a nightmare for my husband. I was just crazy, like completely checking up on him. What did I get? Did I get enough things? Um, you know, and now I have a program. It says a certain simple attitude. I have a certain simple attitude today where I get to wake up today and I get to say, how can I be of service? What can I do for others? I even I even forgot, like, it's our anniversary. I forgot that it's my birthday. Like, it's it, my whole mind, right? This is a disease of the mind. And my whole mind has changed with this certain simple attitude of what can I do for others. The best part of my day today will be when I'm sitting with all of my cousins and my, um, and my family, my siblings, whatnot, for our annual family meeting, and I can just sit there and just give compassion and love to everyone and not need from my brother, not need from my aunt, not need from them. I don't have to be the center of attention today. I can walk a free person, not just with the lunch that I already ordered, my abstinent food today, but with people, places, and things, and especially with family, talking about money and family business. I don't have to be the center today. I don't. I'm, I walk a free, free person, you know. And, and they, at one, one thing I heard very recently was, um, you know, there's not going to be enough food on the planet to fill my hole, you know, to fill my, to fill my brokenness. There's not enough people on the planet to fill my brokenness today. I can be free of all of it, all of it. I can walk a free woman, you know, and he begs for the truth. He doesn't just ask for it. He's begging you know, and every day I beg for the truth because the truth is going to set me free. Even if the truth is, God, I'm sitting here in this meeting and I want their attention and I want them to love me. No time gives me freedom. Thanks so much for letting me share. Hey. Have a beautiful Thanks, Wendy. Sue G, followed by Karen R. Did you call for Sue? Yes, Sue G, followed by Karen R. Great. Thank you, Sylvia, for your service and everybody who contributes to the service of this meeting and keeping it going. I was thinking about Valentine's, and I was thinking, I've loved this program. I've been in the program for 30-some years, and it just feels like my heart fills up every year, but especially in the last six months since I've been part of Vision, it just feels like it's about ready to break. I'm so in love with the big book and just day by day more in love with the program, and I think that's because I've been doing a lot more service in terms of um, of uh, working with newcomers or working with uh, people that are new to vision and it's just it's just so self it's so fulfilling anyway I could relate to all three of these of these uh, paragraphs um, the first one I, I felt like you know I looked like I was really really headed together pretty balanced and all of, with other problems but boy inside it I just had so much self-loathing and just couldn't uh, just could not uh, keep from thinking and and doing everything I had everything about food Um, when I came to the program I um, 
had already lost my weight, but I felt so desperate, and I, little did I know that that was just really the very best place to to be. And when I call newcomers, which I do very frequently, newcomers to, to vision, and they tell me that they feel really hopeless or desperate, I tell them, yay, that is just really the best place to be because that's when I, I know that I was really teachable and just really willing and able, or willing anyway, to do whatever I needed to do or whatever I was asked to do. Um, I'm not too sure if they appreciate me telling them uh, that desperate is a good place to be, but, boy, I I, kind of wish that I would have been told that Um, because I know from hindsight that that was just a really, really good place to be for me. And in that next paragraph, um, I feel like I really am a free woman today. Um, I don't know if I had gone to one of the best psychiatrists in the world and been told that I was... um, you know, utterly hopeless um, that that would have been something that I would have wanted to hear. But I can, I have traveled uh, quite a lot, and I feel like I'm just completely taken care of and completely protected by my my um, higher power. It's not something that I even worry about in terms of my food when I'm traveling because I know that God will take care of me, and I know that there's always healthy food that I can find. You know, you just have to be willing to ask for what you need. And, you know, God, you know, we sometimes have to go to multiple places, but I always find what I need. Um, I I just, it's something that I just don't worry about. Um, And then that last, last sentence about he remains willing to maintain, he remains willing to maintain a certain simple um, attitude. And that simple attitude for me is, I can't, he can, and I have, I must remember to let him. And with that, I'll pass. Happy Valentine's to all of you. Thank you, Suji. Uh, we have Karen R. followed by Katie F. And we have uh, nine minutes left with four people. So whatever you want to do. Karen. Okay. Hi, I'm Karen. Karen R. from North Carolina. I'm uh, um recovered compulsive overeater bulimic anorexic i'm going to try to keep this short the um the one part that jumped out to me was this sentence he seemed quite rational and well balanced with respect to other problems yet he had no control whatever over alcohol why was this um and what jumps out to me there is the fact that (laughs) he's only seeming rational right um, and and there's many of us, and I was one of them that would walk around putting on this front of having it all together. Yet underneath it all, I was losing it. Um, just like the outside of the house looks so beautiful, but when you walk in, there's a there's something going on in there. You know, there's some problems and. Um, and I was starting to see that in my life. I was starting to see see how um, my binging at night was hurting other people, and my how um, and I couldn't stop it. Oh my gosh, I couldn't stop it. But yet I walked around stuffing all of this, not wanting to face it. So to me, it was like um, I had to get honest. Oh, I had to get so honest and. And this doctor's, you know, he's begging me to tell him, and he told him the truth. He told him the truth. And the truth isn't always so easy to face, is it, you know? Um, 
it's almost like facing pain <laughs> and it's like pain about ourselves but it's so worth it because yes then we can recover it's when we face our first step and when we finally get it our first step we can move on and we can become that free person that um that can maintain a certain simple attitude you know the first step we can um be honest open-minded willing to grow to continue to grow to continue to be honest no matter how much time has passed no matter how long you've been abstinent or sober or working this program is something we have to always do is be honest with what's really going on on the inside and um and then we can then we can recover and with that i will pass and thank you everybody for your service thank you karen r katie f followed by stacy g Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater, and I just uh, I love this section. Um, he wished above all things to regain self-control. He seemed quite rational and well balanced with respect to other problems. And you know, to me, the um, the words there, self-control. You know, I thought that that's what I needed. I thought I needed self-control when it came to food, and I had been abstinent at various times, um, but never had freedom from the mental obsession. And I really just didn't even um, think that it was possible. I didn't think it was possible to, you know, go on vacation or go um, have, you know, Valentine's Day with all the candy or, well, you know, I had gone for long periods of time not eating sugar. So um, that wasn't even such a big deal to me anymore. But, um, or at one time, but but in the end, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't not eat anything, but, um, but really the idea that I would be free, that I would be free from this mental obsession, that I would be able to go about my life day in and day out, no matter where I am on this planet and not be obsessed with my food, even my abstinence food. I'm not obsessed with, with, you know, getting the best thing and just squeezing it out um, to make it work, you know, to, to try to order off a menu and just try to make it work so that, you know, I get some little tiny pleasure from the food. And, you know, it's not so much, it's just not the way my life is today. I just, I don't care. And, you know, I don't, um, I don't begrudge people their satisfaction with food. Um, and the fact that a lot of people out there uh, really love to eat but they may not be like me. Even if they weigh 400 pounds, they may not have that mental obsession. And I don't judge that today. Um, And I just gave myself two minutes, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie F. Stacy G. And if we have time, Sherry KB after that. Stacy. Good morning. This is Stacy T. calling from Cleveland. Thanks for your service, Celia. And I wanted to just focus on the word provided. And... Um, that's a big word for me, uh, because it's, it's something that I, I need to ask for, um, every day that in my prayer and meditation that I be provided with, um, the willingness, discipline, action, um, to do 
um, be and act in ways that are aligned with um, my sobriety, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And provided that I'm willing to maintain a certain simple attitude, some days comes um, pretty easily, and I celebrate that. And other days, I uh, feel some resistance about that. And what I used to do, I think, was just to blow it off and say, okay, well, then there's another time I'll, you know, work at at this. And now um, then I know what it feels like. I feel discomfort if I'm not in a space of um, being willing to do these simple attitude adjustments of step one, step two primarily, and um, it provides me with a new appreciation of the desperate nature of um, what it took to really get to this place. And I didn't have a doctor um, telling me I needed to be locked up. I was the person that called dozens of treatment centers wanting to be locked up regarding my food addiction. And I really believed that if I was under lock and key, I could be saved for myself, only to realize uh, only to realize that at some point I would be discharged, and then I wouldn't really I didn't believe or trust that I would be able to maintain whatever it was that I learned. Um, so I never did go, and it's because I that intuitive thought and my higher power spoke to me obviously through that and said, you know there is a different way and we're just going to slug on through. And so um, with a, a significant weight release as well as learning just of the educational variety, I'm here to say that one day at a time, I'm so very grateful um, to be headfirst in the big book and not in the food. With that, I pass. Thank you, Stacy T. So that's all the time we have for sharing. And thank you to everyone who has shared. Thank you for Team Wednesday. Uh, we're going to close with the reading from the big book. Uh, just a quick reminder that the recorded part of the meeting is ending at 10 minutes to the hour. After the recording, we stay on the line for 10 minutes and greet newcomers. And we have sponsors and announcements. So please stick around if you're on the meeting live. So we now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer. And will Karen R. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Okay, this is Karen R., compulsive overeater, anorexic bulimic. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. 
Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.